Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of the Audible Farm podcast. It is October 11th, 2018. I first want to give a shout out to the bands I saw this weekend. I played a show with Unity at Gabe's in Iowa City and Helium Prime, Striker, and Against the Archers were the headlining bands. The other opening band was Dark Agenda and Striker blew me away. I uh, recommend anybody that likes metal music, thrash kind of stuff, go ahead and check out Striker from Canada. They're pretty awesome. Today, I'm interviewing Jeff Blummel. Jeff and I played a show together this summer at the Rock and Picnic. We called ourselves the Stockyard, and uh, we talk about that a little bit as well as his woodworking skills and the Chris Carr band. So without further ado, here is Jeff Blummel. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. All right, hey Jeff, how's it going? Going pretty good. Awesome. Welcome to Rolling Pinpoint, Iowa. <laughs> I am uh, on on the road again this week. Uh, this is the Traveling Podcast, and uh, I'm sitting down with Jeff Blummel. Uh, my first introduction to you was as the, I guess you could call it, auxiliary drummer or auxiliary musician of sorts in uh, Chris Carband. You played some... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. You got like bongos or some. Yeah, there. I always have like congas and you know the tambourine, all the stuff, the noisemakers and and stuff. You know, we've we've got three drummers in the band, and uh, so you know it's it's kind of tough to find a spot sometimes. If you can jump back there, you do, and if not, you do other things. So, uh, what actually like when did Chris? come to you and ask you to start doing like uh the chris carban thing um it's been about five years i think we've been going with this it was we'd both kind of done the other band things for a long time and then started thinking about solo stuff and uh, stopped by the you know shop one day and just got talking to him and and uh, i said well we should put something together and so we found four other friends and you know, from that were in different bands and just kind of dinked around one day and practiced some tunes. And our first gig, we opened for Foreigner. That's actually pretty. Awesome. That's sweet. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's let's start somewhere at the beginning. Chris Carr is, uh, I guess, the the guy in the Chris Carr band. He's the uh, main singer for the most part. He plays like he's the kind of front man of the whole operation. I guess. Yeah, it's his idea. You know, and we kind of follow that lead he's incredibly talented i yeah, mean yeah no it, question you know it's just like you see an odd instrument laying around and chris can you play this i don't know let me see it and five minutes later he's he's got yeah something, yeah got something figured you know out you're already. going okay yeah <laughs> you know it which is amazing you yeah. know um he's got a music shop here in town that's uh eighth note music that is and, correct and i just want to throw that out there for him real quick but who else we got in the band? You've got you, Chris. There's the other. The drummer is is Scott, Scott Dahl. Dahl. Scott and Dahl. yep, Scott, uh, an Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, inductee. Uh, he's played with several bands. He's in the Ned Freely Fun Band. He's with us, and 
he'll drive all over the place, you know, and if and people know him everywhere from here to Nashville and hey, come on up and sit down and you know and play and it's it's unbelievable and I got uh, Brad Strickland on base. Uh, used to live, you know, in the area here. Is down in Des Moines now, and we're grateful that he, you know, commutes back and forth. And yeah, I was wondering about that because I had heard he was going to move, and I didn't know if he was going to still make the the jaunt up here to do the shows or not. Yeah, we were, you know, we're really locked in with with our five uh, five guys, and and uh, it's fantastic that he's you know willing to to you know make the extra drives and stuff, you know, to to do it and. And uh, we don't get as much practice time as what we used to because of that factor. But when we do, we really make it worthwhile and hit stuff pretty hard. And, uh, you know, but, you know, all five of us are vocalists, so we get a ton of harmony, which is great. That is probably one of the things that I feel like sets you apart from almost every other band I get to see. Uh, The fact that every single one of you guys can sing very well, and you you do it, and it... uh, it doesn't happen very often that you get two singers in a band, and and you guys can create harmonies that. Uh, oh man, I mean it. It's almost incomparable to anything else you will see on just like a cover band coming to your bar. It's 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 quite pleasant, and it's actually something that uh, I feel like a lot of people take it for granted the abil- the ability to sing. Let's let's sidetrack just a little bit to the the stockyard show that we did together. Okay, before we uh, move on to that, though, I'd like to throw out a shout to Bruce Borchers. Absolutely, um, he's you know lead rhythm guitar player in the band. You've got you know Chris on lead and rhythm guitar, and and Bruce they switch off back and forth. Um, their dual leads are killer. Yes. that does everything. Uh, Bruce is also a rock and roll inductee Absolutely. for the for the Iowa Hall of Fame, and and. Uh, and the main thing is, is we were all like side guys in other bands for years. We kind of sat around them, you know, and backed other people. And, and so we, you know, in this band, none of us take on that lead role really where, you know, it's like, who wants to sing a tune? You know, it's like when it comes out and so it's like, well, I'll take the lead on this one. It's more in my range or, or, you know, so that works out great that way. And, um, then we build the harmonies around that and, you know, we can do everything from, you know, Eagles, Doobie Brothers, but we throw a ton of originals in, too. We've got a good, solid list of originals, and we don't, you know, call them out, and it's nice to see people when they're nodding their heads and enjoying our, our tunes as much as the covers. So do you think the fact that you guys weren't ever, I guess you could call it, like, the focal point of the band ever before, now that you guys have all joined forces, do you think that is, that's, like, one of the reasons that it's created such a... Um, I don't know, cohesive unit between you five, because uh, like like you had said, you guys had all kind of played, I guess, second fiddle to other people throughout the majority of your musical careers up until this point. Do you think like, uh, um, I don't know, is this, an, is this now an opportunity for every single one of you guys to kind of shine a little bit as opposed to, and you kind of give, ev- you give everybody in the band the opportunity to do so? Is that something you're kind of looking for? Yeah, I think so. You know, or, you know, not having been the front guy or, you know, the, I can't say that, you know, we don't have egos. I think every musician has to have, you know, Absolutely. some form of an ego, you yeah, know, to get up there, you know, it's a, whatever you do, it's, you know, you've got to be willing to get up in front of people and, you know, and, you know, at times make a fool out of yourself, you know, it's <laughs> exactly, you know, and stuff. And, and if you're not afraid to do that, but, you know, but you can, if something works well for another guy, no matter how well you think you can do it, 
you know, we're willing to, you take this. Absolutely. You know, because it's just, um, you got to play off the strengths of everybody. Oh yeah. You know, it's just like, oh man, you know, and then they do it and you're like, well, I'm sure glad you're doing that because exactly. holy cow, man, I can't hold a candle to that. So. Exactly. I was actually talking about that. I was at a show this weekend uh, with uh, my band Unity that I'm in, and our frontman is a really good frontman. He uh, gets the crowd involved, and he's he doesn't play any instruments, so he gets the he has the ability to run around and point at people and talk to people, and he's really good at it. And it's something. Uh, his his name's Alonzo. I mean, I'll have to give him another shout out. He's going to be on a podcast eventually, but. Uh, yeah, it's just something that it seems to be, I mean, you got to give the props to somebody that has the ability to do something that you couldn't or even wouldn't want to do. Cause that's not something I would even be comfortable with trying to get everybody to like either shout with me or raise all their hands and do all this stuff. I mean, he can, he can make a crowd of a hundred or 200 seem like you're in a room full of 3000 just because everybody's involved and it's, right. it's pretty wild. Um, so let's talk a little bit about we we're, you were just mentioned, how everybody in your band can sing. Now let's go over to the stockyard, which was you and me and Dan Blair from a previous podcast and Nick Earhart. And he plays with, uh, he's the bassist in riddle with class. And the four of us had gotten together this summer to play the rock and picnic. And, uh, we had chosen to call it the stockyard. I've, I've been asked twice in a row now, and this this year I knew I knew I needed to have a band because it just wasn't going to work. I mean, it was it's neat to have like a box with instruments kind of just coming out of the box and loops, but you're, you, I just feel like you're missing the full package. So I wanted to get a full band together, and uh, I ended up choosing you because you said you like to play the drums, but you're not you don't spend a whole lot of your time actually behind the kit itself with the Chris Carr band. So uh, I ended up giving you a shot, and and. You, it was awesome. I had so much fun playing with you and Dan and, and Nick this summer. Um, how was it sitting behind a kit for their, uh, with a band? Do you get to do that very often at all? Actually, that was for a full gig. That was probably the first time in 10 years. Oh, wow. You know, so it's I, I, I was in a band at one time where it was a blues band where I was a, the solid you know drummer the whole time. And, yeah. and it just kept, well, okay, you're going to sing this song you're going to sing this song, you know, and it was like, oh, I know that song. And so, and then it ended up being to where I was singing about 75% of the tunes and trying to drum. And if your tempos and rhythms and, you know, the cadence of the lyrics aren't matching. That gets really difficult. I have an issue with that, you know, and, and, you know, and, uh, I don't know, I've never been diagnosed with like slight ADD or something. If something happens out in the crowd, you know, Hey, cat. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, but no, it was great. I the 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 rock and picnic in the stockyard was was just a blast. You know, if, if that opportunity ever came up again, I'd you know jump in wholeheartedly and absolutely. And, uh, it was. I mean, it was a great mix of guys. Everybody was willing to just okay. Let's pick some tunes that you know we're not going to kill ourselves. You know, trying to figure out exactly. You know, like we Okay, we're going to get out there and do Rush 2112. Yeah. You know? Oh gosh. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. No, we picked tunes we all kind of knew, and but we were also willing to make them our own. That's that's the great thing about playing. You know, you can you can listen to the record a thousand times, but when you bring it out on stage and yeah, exactly. You know, you do your thing, and you might you may not nail everything, but it's yours. Exactly. That I think that's one of the one of the things I tried to do when I was first asked to 
play the rock and picnic was I wanted to play a song and if I wanted to extend the solo section longer so maybe uh, Dan or I could solo longer you know anything like that it was just kind of free form you could just add to the song here take away from it there and kind of maybe even do it on the fly if you had to and that was that was kind of what we were going for we ended up uh, a couple of the songs we ended up stretching out a little bit um on the fly and that it actually worked out really good we we had spent just enough time together to get comfortable playing together to uh pull off what i think was a pretty pretty fun show for everybody we played uh some zz top songs some uh some ted nugent uh freddie king uh allman brothers uh just you know your run-of-the-mill blues songs and uh it was a really good time well you know it was it was really neat because you know watching you and dan like flip leads yeah, you know, you could. That's I get a kick out of that. You can sit behind a kid all day, but when you're looking out front, and that's the other cool thing about drumming is, you know, it's really rare that the drummer ever gets, you know, they don't set that guy out front for a reason, you know, because he's paying attention to what's going on with with everybody. Exactly. And you know, and when you're back there and you're just holding down this beat and you're watching all the mechanics of it come together, you know, and and with ease. Yeah, because you know, because you know, considering what we had six weeks, yeah, kind of throw that together, and then I think we got five practices in in six weeks. Yeah, you know, and there was, a, you know, I took off for like ten days to Tennessee, right in the middle of that, and that didn't throw a yeah. in. I mean, everybody's you know. got. I mean, everybody has jobs, and I'm going to school. It's yeah. uh, everybody was busy with other things. We still found the time to make it work. Oh yeah, you know, and well, and when it, I think the last like two rehearsals when everything started to click. Absolutely, you know, it was just like man let's practice again yeah and then, when it, and then when the picnic was over just like yeah now what oh, we could do this again you yeah. know or you know well, what are you guys doing next week well we don't got nothing going on yeah, exactly know? so, so but, uh, it was, but it was a riot yeah it was it was tons of fun filled up a, a good half hour uh the crowd there is always tons of fun yep. i mean even in the af- you go two in the afternoon and the place is already somewhat packed oh yeah it's everybody's hanging out it's a good time and you know, and then when you got the people that, you know, that are running it, that, that committee, they're coming up and they're, you know, you guys, you know, that was awesome. That's probably one of my favorite things about you know, it is the promoters and the people who run the event actually come up to you and tell you how good of a job they think you did. Yeah. And, and you know, like, they're not lying. No, it's, I mean, that's what's nice is, you know, cause three fourths of them are either, you know, doing what you do or, you know, that's, they have the interest there to put it together and exactly, you know, and they're having fun and. You yeah, know, and it's not every day you get to sing the national anthem, and then they scare the hell out of you when a cannon goes off right after. Yeah, you know? so <laughs> it's a great event. Yeah, um, so we ended up doing the stockyard at the Rock and Picnic, and you actually went up with uh, Chris Carr and Bruce Borchers mm-hmm. and did a little. Um, I guess you could call it like three fifths of the Chris Carr band. You guys call it the Cosmic Brownies. Yes, and uh, you guys actually got. You had a little bit of extra time. All of you guys were actually at the event, and they said, "Hey, you guys want to go up on stage and play a couple jingles?" And you guys went up there and rocked it. It was it was a nice surprise for everybody. Well, it was one of those, you know, it's it's like when they're switching bands out. You know, you can get a guy up there talking, and you know, and, and you're 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 thanking your your you know your advertisers and the people that help you put this on, and the mm-hmm. and the people that you know that are. I mean, it's just such a great event because you go up there and uh it's free it's yeah you know and but you know but you you know okay just you know throw some money in a donation pot or whatever and it's like there we're grilling all this food you know and it's just it's just awesome so you're doing that but 
you know, and they came up and in between the bands, it was like, oh, just get up, guys, you want to get up there and play like two or three tunes? And it's like, okay, you know, we're comfortable with this. Or what do you want to do? And we haven't done this one in a while. So it was, that was a really great time. And Yeah, it was really good. And it, and it works great. You know, that's kind of how the, the Chris Carr band got started. You know, Chris was doing solo acts. And then uh, it was a, a St. Patty's night way up in northern Iowa. He had a solo gig and he's just like, well, why don't you just come along? And so I hopped in the van and we rode up there and, you know, five hours later in there, you know, they're kicking us out of the bar because it's going on too, you know, and, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, you know, we, we might have something here, you know, so we booked a couple of more of them and, you know, and then we were sitting around one day and Bruce walks in and then the three-part harmony kicked off and it's like, okay, let's, you know, oh, yeah. we'll run with this. And then, uh, you know, Brad was just, you know, we're playing a couple of, you know, of these, and he walks in with his bass and starts playing along, and, well, this feels right. And so then we started looking for for a drummer and found Coco Bear. Yeah, you got Scott the one. Dahl. Yeah, yep. got, got the guy, you know. So, yeah, that's that's actually, uh, I, I really enjoy hearing about uh, how you guys came about because I've been watching Chris play guitar on the community for, a number of years i'd five to ten easily for me um somewhere in there but to actually i mean i'm not sure if it's it's tough to describe how i kind of like look up to you guys as a band uh because of your professionalism and not only that but you guys are all very talented and you guys all have fun up there there's definitely something to, that has to be said about having fun on stage because you can go to some shows and you can see bands and they I mean, you don't have a smile on their face. They get up there, they play the show, and then when they're done, they just pack their stuff up and leave, or they just hide in the corner and don't talk to any. There's, you know, never a yep. smile. But you guys are always, always, always having fun. Do you think that's like one of the reasons you guys get so many gigs is because you guys are one of the most talented and, um, I guess, I want to say optimistic, but like you're just one of the happier bands that's out there. It seems like you know. I think yeah, I think people see that. You know, they see that we're enjoying ourselves. You yeah. know, and and it. That's the other thing too. If you enjoy playing music with people, you know it's there's that connection. You're just, I mean, lot, sometimes you don't even have to think or or wonder what this person's gonna do. Or there's been times too to where the you know voices are you know have a lot of gigs in a row, and then yeah. your voices are wearing thin, and then you know we'll mix the set. We had to do that last week. Mix the set list up a little bit. You know, yep. Weather's changing, and people are not as you know, running around outside one day when it's 80 and the next day you're, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, 40. Yeah, it's 40 and raining. You know, and yeah, and so, you know, you're doing that. And so, but yeah, I mean, we, we respect each other with that. And, um, you know, we, you know, how you feeling, you know, and we're in constant, you know, communication during the week. Too, That's you know? also it's important. Like, yeah. You know, it was, it was like, I think midnight Thursday night, a text comes through. Oh yeah. Tomorrow night we're playing this tune. <laughs> you know look at it all right you know and so and then you look down oh it's number eight on the set list i should have looked at it yeah you know, exactly. you, know, like, you know so so you know so you listen to it quick and it's like okay you know i need to find my part here and and which was crazy because you know chris threw that out and then all of a sudden he turns around and looks at scott you know like two minutes before we're gonna play this and he goes oh yeah by the way you're singing it <laughs> you know, and, and Scott's back there on drums, and you know, and and uh, nailed it. You know, that's it's awesome. Just, you know, it's like that's what's you know with everybody. 
you know, kind of give away age here, but you know, I'm pushing 60 and, and we started doing this in high school. That's, you know, and, and you're, you know, when you're 14 and somebody says, you know, Hey, you want to sing for my band? It's like, it's like a dream come exactly. true, you know? Yep. And, and so I've never been able to put it down. That's, but sounds you know, very familiar. I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel, um, oddly similar to the same way because the first, that first taste you get of it or the first, the first time you see it is, is enough to just get you addicted to either wanting to be on stage or playing the instrument or, or learning the craft in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, that was when I was growing up, I had, uh, music has always been big in my family. I come from both sides. My mom and dads have huge, you know, families and mm-hmm. my mom's had a lot of, everybody could seem to play an instrument or sing. Yeah. And, uh, so when I was like four or five, I would go, and I was one of the younger cousins, and so I'd go to these like church events or whatever, and I had older cousins that played in a band. And I'm watching them, and I'm going, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you know, and when you're five, you know, and you start doing that, and you're watching that, you know, and, and they're all still involved in music, you yeah. know, in, in one way or another. And and uh, so, you know, you wanted to do that, and so you pick that up, and it's like, well, we have a piano if you want to learn how to. And I can never play piano. Yeah. You know, it's like. I uh it's I only to me. I only used it ever for music theory and yeah. then I after that I just kind of dropped it but you know and so and then I was like well and my cousins had drums you know we'd go nice. out there and it was like you know and and I'd just stare at them and everybody's like this you know we can't hear you know leave them alone yeah, or whatever yeah. it's like oh, I just want to play these drums you know so when I was 18 and you know got my first kind of place you know i was like well yep. do i need a couch or do i need a set of drums <laughs> so, so i bought a set of drums you know and, yep. and uh i can guarantee you that if you come home late at night like 2 30 in the morning and you know i've had a couple of beers and throw on led zeppelin physical graffiti you get the pleasure of moving the next day you know <laughs> yeah. they're, you know they're up you know, if you have headphones on and you're pounding away yep you know, when the, when the album finally, and this is back, you know, in the vinyl and yeah. oh, that side's over and people are pounding on your door and you're like, oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. I didn't, <laughs> you know, didn't hear so, you. You know, it's like, but you know, it's one of those things to where, you know, and that's, I, I'm a self-taught drummer, so. Yeah, that's, you know, that's amazing. But, you, uh, wonderful for self-taught. Yeah. I mean, I, I oftentimes thought it'd be difficult to take drum lessons for some reason, um, I just feel like it's so encompassing and it's, it's kind of like, where do you start if you didn't start in school with, uh, right. you know, on the snare drum or something like that. And and that's why piano is confusing for me because I'm really left-handed. Yeah. I mean, I've just, and so I play drums left-handed and yep. that's why when we're at gigs, I don't sit in a lot because it's completely backwards. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, Hey, you want to sit in? Yeah. I'm going to screw up your drum kit. You know, <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. I just want to play two tunes. And it's like, well, then I'll just, I'll sit over here and enjoy the show, you yep. know, or. You might get up and sing or do something, mm-hmm. but, but that's, you know, but, that I kind of taught myself and I don't really have any, you know, some people, well, how do you do this? I just, right, you just do it. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, so there's something else to be said about how um, all you guys in the Chris Carr band can take everything so seriously, but still have like a lighthearted attitude. Um, you play the song Come Together, and instead of having a solo in the center section of it, you bust out kazoos <laughs> and i the first time i saw that my initial instinct was what and then and then about three seconds later i'm like this is awesome i have no clue why it fits it fits so well maybe it's just the fact that you guys are the ones doing it 
I have no clue. I'm not even sure how that got started. You know, we found these weird things. They were called the world's loudest kazoos. They were wazoos. And then they made another one that had two horns on it. That's a wazooful. And we just bought them up, you know. And uh, and I don't know how, you know, just we started doing that. And like you said, it fits. And people, you know, and the minute it hits, people are just like, what the you know yeah kazoo harmony <laughs> you know yeah it's, it's like insane. three part because you know and we're doing the the lead guitar parts you know yep. and, and then you know somebody will throw you know if you got a scratchy voice you throw in a barry sax sound with it you know you've got your full vocal range and it's just it's just you know that's the light-hearted stuff you know we look at each other or it happens and you know and then everybody's like what you know what the heck did you do that for and it's why not why not you know? exactly like, you know if you can't you know, I I do some other things, and it's like, but if you're not, you know, if you're not afraid to get up in front of people and make an ass out of yourself here, yeah, you know, I mean, you're gonna if you're gonna make a mistake, they're gonna laugh at you anyway. So why not just have a little bit of fun while yeah, you're up you there, know. you know? So uh, let's let's switch the conversation just a skosh to the fact that you are a very good singer, and you do do, um, I guess you would. You sing in uh, like a Fort Dodge musical, uh, an arrangement, the Comedia Musical Players. Yeah, it's, um, I, I kind of, you know, started doing some acting, mm-hmm. you know, about 20 years ago. And, and, you know, you did it in high school because it was part of what you did with, you know, with your choir and yeah. stuff. And, and my vocals, I mean, there was, there was a one thing I always, could do you know so when it came to like you know i couldn't always play drums and and you know guitar or whatever just and piano just you know i don't know if it was a concentration thing or the left-handed thing but it just never really made sense even if i would try to do it backwards and but uh but the vocal thing i could do and um you know and it's another thing you get up there it's a totally different aspect of performing you know you it can be really serious you know you can sing a tune to where that's just heart-wrenching or you can get out there and sing something totally stupid and um it's about three years ago i had the opportunity to shave my head for about six months and play (laughs) uncle fester and in the adams family musical and (laughs) and, you know and and you know and there's all this it's it's you know wednesday is now growing up and she wants to get married well then fester is in love too oh And, and so it's like and so, well, who's Fester? Well, Fester is in love with the moon. <laughs> and uh, so so about three-fourths of the way through the show, uh, we figured out a way to make Fester fly up into the air, and he sings <laughs> and he sings a song, this love song, because it's the moon in me. So uh, did and, you uh, you have to fly through the air? Yeah, well, you just kind of up and yeah. down. It was like a, it was like you know you don't want to give away the magic of theater, but uh, it was kind of kind of a, a teeter totter type type oh, thing that nice. was. That was, you know, set in black, and everything was black around me other than what I was wearing. Whoa. And so, you know, all of a sudden your feet leave the, you know, the floor. and That's wicked. And you're singing in this goofy voice, and, you know, <laughs> and, and you're you're in love with the moon, and, you know, and, but, yeah, you know, so that's that's a neat thing of that, or, or you know, or. Um, like, what, what got you started, like, even doing, um, it's not that it's something odd to do, but, um. I guess your talent scope is so wide. Like, what got you started? I mean, what was the main thing that like, coming to Fort Dodge? Who'd you get in contact with? Who asked you first to, to um, do what play? 
did they have a certain part in mind for you? I actually no, it was it was like an, an open roll call for a play one time. Or is actually Iowa Central was putting it on. What was the play? And it was Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, cool! You know, it's a it's a rock opera. It's still one of the you know one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, and I I actually had been at an event and I saw a guy playing a piano mm-hmm. and this people it's like you know would you sing for our kids wedding and so i was like okay and i i'm gonna need a you know a piano player yeah because i don't do that yep. and uh so they um i went out looking for this guy and said you know open auditions and i said is that true and because i know every word of that musical I mean, yeah. i've been listening to it since i was like you know when it came out in 1969 yeah. <laughs> or 70 you know so um you know and it was like well Okay, yeah, you can show up. Well, I went in there, and and there's a part to where Jesus and and Pilate are arguing. Mm-hmm. Well, I sang both parts, <laughs> you know, in two different vocal tones, and they're oh, oh well, you okay. know, you know, and uh, so and they gave me you know the call, and and so I did that, and that kind of sparked you know an interest there, and and that was like the first really big musical part that i had done and you know and so and i I did a couple more after that and and a guy i'd met in superstar was directing a a a regular play no music and and he was just like you're crazy enough to do this role (laughs) and so i i did that and and uh you know and i started doing plays and kind of met the the theater groups around town here and that's how I got involved. I saw a picture recently of uh, you dressed up as a knight, maybe. Um, That's very possible. And uh, do you want to let the cat out of the bag on that one? Um, Comedia is doing Spam a lot this year, which will be November eighth through the tenth. Nice. And um, I play two parts. Um, it's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. It's, it's, it's primarily based off that, but it includes tunes out of all of their movies. Okay. And so, so you've got stuff from Life of Brian and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and and, uh, and it's just stupid British humor, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you're you get to be Dennis, and then Dennis is then chosen by Sir Galahad to become, or by King Arthur to become knighted, and he comes back mm-hmm. as you know Sir Galahad. So he's this really kind of screechy, obnoxious character, but then he's a proper knight the minute he gets you know, <laughs> and you go searching for the Grail, and and uh, so yeah, so I'll be doing that here. That's that's gonna be awesome. Actually, you wearing a shirt for it right now? Yes. Oh, holy It was cow. clean. Oh, that's nice. I could have just read your shirt and, yep. and read all the information for it. So, yes, it's right on there. It's upside down for me, but well, yeah, you know so. that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, and I like you know, a lot of people go out and buy all different kinds of you know, like. I'm a t-shirt kind of guy. You I know, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's it's like so you look for goofy things. I've got you know I'll, I'll look for. You know, unique things, and when I'm traveling around, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, um, you know, safety second, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I mean, it's rock and roll. You know, yeah. Sometimes you got to break the, you, gotta, you know, yeah, you know, and stuff, and so I've, it's fun. Doing I feel that. the hurt with the uh, 
t-shirt collecting i just recently picked up a picked up a striker t-shirt yeah. i uh, played a show with striker this weekend and they absolutely blew me away and i mean i'm i've got too many concert shirts anyways um yep. just i've got i bought so many over the years i just have totes with shirts in them that i don't even wear anymore because totes yeah. okay i can quit buying dressers <laughs> <laughs> got seven dressers just stacked yeah. full yeah, on top you know, of each other i could get rid of some of these shirts or i could buy a new dresser yeah, mm, yeah. Well. oh man <laughs> so you are uh not only just uh an artist in the fashion that you are a musician for uh a couple of bands and uh you also sing for comedian musical players but you also do woodworking um for i guess for commissions for other people uh or do you have anybody that has you on retainer i guess maybe not really you know it's it's one of those things to where i've got a, a couple of uh you know leads on on different artwork for um you know different hotels and stuff for remodelings and stuff like that out west i i came to iowa it's about 24 years ago mm-hmm. um from Colorado, I was born in Iowa, and then when I was like twenty, I, you know, took off and, yep. you know, and looked for amazing things and went out there, yeah. you know, and and it was crazy because all through high school I worked at Pizza Hut, and my first job out there was working at Pizza Hut, you uh, know. So, <laughs> so some things might not be as uh, optimistic as they no, seem you know, originally. and then you see work construction and you know, so and then you know life goes on and but. Uh, no, then I came back here and, and uh, always, you know, and then with I worked in hardware stores around tools and stuff. That was, yeah. you know, kind of learning that and got interested in doing woodworking and started out making just like real basic, you know, squirrel feeder kind of stuff. And then, yeah. you know, oh, well, I'll try and make this or I'll try and make that. And it just kept getting more more complicated, you know. And I think, you know, and that's part of it's it's it within everything. If you're not pushing yourself, mm-hmm. you're not going to get better exactly and so you know you make i've i've had projects so i'm on the workbench and oh, if i make just this one more cut and that one more cut is the thing you don't do and the piece yeah. just falls apart you know and so you've wasted like three weeks of time because there's not enough glue yeah but without without that little bit of failure you don't get the uh I guess the excitement of the success later right when you finally actually finish it so yeah once it's you know and then once it's you know, you've got it completely sanded and it's, you know, okay, this is going to be, you know, you're looking at it. It's, it's kind of a neat thing to, to do. It's, you know, so that, that's how the woodworking thing came out. I actually made it, it's the, it's called the cedar chest because at, at one time I made cedar chests. Okay. And, you know, and, and lumber isn't, you know, good oak or walnut or whatever isn't cheap. And so you, I kind of, you know, people are like, well, I can buy this at you know at a big discount store for a third of what I have to pay you, mm-hmm. okay? And you know, but your great great grandkids will, yeah, you know, you'll exactly. be handing this this solid walnut one instead of the particle board one that exactly. year. Exactly. You, know? you know, so it's it you know it all kind of works out. But I, I kind of you know had a lot for a while there. I had like three or four cedar chests sitting around, and you know nobody was yeah. So I, you know, I eventually got rid of them. Said, "Well, I'll do something else." And yeah, you know, so I learned how to to do that. And a lot of it's trial and error, and and it, and it works that way with the with the music too. You know, it's like with with 
the band thing with Chris, mm-hmm. we're constantly pushing ourselves. Exactly. You know, and we've and uh, you know we've all played with some incredible players over the years. You mm-hmm. know, but it's it's finding that mix, and we look at each other, and it's like, okay, how do we make ourselves better? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, the other day on Facebook, I, I posted a, a picture of, you know, some drumsticks and a, a head I'd taken off one of my drums and mm-hmm. and a picture of, of uh, Ralph Wiggum with the clarinet up his nose, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, I'm with the band, <laughs> you know, and, you know and that's, that's kind of how I've always, especially with this band, it's like, I'm just so dang lucky to get a stand here. Oh, man. I... You know, and... and uh, and you know and stuff and it's like and and we all kind of feel that way and so you know so but we push ourselves and and you know and then with with acting and everything you know you you're only as good as is is you make the character yours you know you can have mm-hmm. two people that okay you're both going to play the same role well if i can do exactly what he does then he should do it yeah but if you make it yours and that's what we do with the music and that's kind of with the woodworking you know, I look for unique pieces that, okay, I don't see this anywhere. All right. You know, I, I, and I'll get on a kick for a while. Like, for some stupid reason, the last three pieces I've made are seahorses. Hmm. You know, and, and you don't, you know, it's not a big market in Iowa for, <laughs> for, <a> sea- <laughs> you know, for seahorses, you know. And they range anywhere in size from like two to four feet in height. And, okay. You know, so, but, you know, and then I'll make stuff with, you know, uh, deer or wolves or you know and whatever and yeah i want to say one of the days we had practiced together as the stockyard i had seen that you had done um uh, a rather large piece that you had a uh, scroll cut maybe some deer out on and a mountain top and mm-hmm. and it was uh somehow intertwined with some uh deer antlers as well yes and i i thought that was really neat like how long would something like that take to make um, probably from start to finish, it was about three months. Oh, wow. You know, because it's, um, you, depending on the wood, you know, you've got to know how, you know, you draw in things and other things are patterns, you know, cause I'm not that great of a drawer, yeah. you know, but you put that on there and, and then, but you need to find that place on the wood and you might be in the middle of a cut and all of a sudden you notice the wood's getting weak. Yeah. Like I had, a, I had a really cool mountain lion piece that, oh, if I make this one more cut and it's split in half. Yeah. I mean, and it was like there was two months of work that, you know, it was, Oof. it was, you know. Gone down the drain. Yeah. You know, it was great kindling, you know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, know, oh, you know, so, you know, and, and, uh, and some of them, you know, you put back together. Like I, I cut out a moose this one time out of a piece of wood and I didn't realize that there was a flaw in the wood. And the minute I got it cut, you know, I was tapping the sawdust off it, and it split perfectly in half from top oh to bottom, gosh. to where now there were two pieces. Yeah, and you know, and then and it worked where you could put a hinge in between them and okay. make you know, and they would they would look like they were mirrored of each other. Oh yeah, okay. You know, you know that that's the other thing is just like just you know, dumb luck will. Yeah, like a know, happy accident. Oh yeah, it's like you know, well, cool. I can, now we can sell two of them. <laughs> but no, you know, it's, I thought it was so cool together. It was just like, I want this. And, and it was really neat because a, a friend of mine got it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, I, I just took a picture of it, you know, and I put it on, on a social media, you know, mm-hmm. site. And, and within like two minutes, you know, her, nick, her dad's nickname was Moose. Oh, nice. 
You so, know, she goes, I, she goes, I got to have that. Yeah. She, and I, so I don't even know what to, and she goes, I don't care what it costs. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, it's not going to be stupid. You know, and that's the other thing too, is I try to keep the prices on the stuff I do within, within reason. You know, it's like, I can't tell somebody, you know, on a, on a piece of work, you know, yeah, it might've taken me a month to do that. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I put in, you know, 160 hours and I'm worth blah, blah, so yeah. much an hour. You know, it's like, it's like, well, well, you can kind of look around. That's why there's a lot of artwork yeah, up here, you know. Exactly. Because, because you know, you just, I, I, it, you know, it's, it's really, it's worked out well for me, but it's not. Yeah. It's you know. just more of a, a hobby on the side, I guess, for you. Yeah. Well, it's, it was, it was a hobby that kind of, that turned into a, a fun business, you know. It's like, yeah. I, I work from home. Exactly. Know? Yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, when I got a hold of you uh, today to do the interview, that's actually what you said you were going to be doing today for a while. Yep. So, so that's actually pretty neat. Um, do you have uh, anything else? Uh, I guess like relevantly present that you like anything you want to plug coming up for date wise. Uh, the show is going to come out on Thursday, October eleventh. So I guess. I think you said you had a show tomorrow night or something like that. So we can leave that one off because it'll already be post-dated. Actually, yeah, I've got, uh, I think, just practicing for shows. But uh, later this month, let me look it up here. And It's October 25th. I'm pretty sure I have to... I'll I'll double-check it and drop the the Chris Carband information Um, on the description. I know this is screwing up the interview. No, I'm not. playing with my phone. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the if I if I remember correctly, it's the 27th of October. Uh, Shiny Top Brewing downtown is opening up a new entertainment room, and they asked us if we would break that room. Oh, nice! So, yeah, uh, I I think we're the first full band set up in there. That'll so. be sweet. But um, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. I mean, that's it, it's such a great. It's nice to see that opening up downtown. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, it, places for you know they bring in solo acts or you mm-hmm. know group acts, whatever. And and uh, the original stage is a little small for for a group act, so yep. they so they knocked out next door and and uh, they're gonna you know have have full bands in there. So we're really looking to to have a lot of fun to to do that and uh, i feel like there's a lot of places recently that have been uh pushing for the music scene to kind of expand you would end up going to like uh for example i i would have noticed a lot is out east on the eastern area you got like davenport and dubuque and those areas there seems to be a lot of music being played uh in that area and it's it's pretty nice to see and i feel like a lot of places are starting to expand their musical horizons by uh either inviting plant bands into play at bars or uh, things of that nature yeah it's um i mean that's the other thing about you know your bigger cities they've got a lot more of the you know the, the venues yeah for that um there's also you know considerably more a lot more competition in yeah. that too so um you know we will entertain anybody that you know wants to you know hey we'd like to have you you know come play this and and you know so it's like but you go towards those where there's a lot of possible talent to do stuff and then it's like well 
this is what we pay. And it's like, well, we can't travel for that. Exactly. You know, we got, you know, because either people are either taken off work or they're, you know, or it's like, okay, you know, that that's the thing is everybody's like, okay, well, you're going to come, you know, set up and you're going to play from nine to one or from, you know, whatever your, the time frame is on there. And so, okay, so we do an eight to 11 gig. Yeah, three hour gig, and that's the other thing is you're paying us to play music. We don't take breaks. Yeah, you know we we cranked out like a three and a half hour show the other night. You know with mm-hmm. you know tuning and basically a little banter. You know with the audience and you know, get a drink of water or whatever you know and stuff. But but we're you know we're playing music, solid music, and and uh, you know but we've got to get there three hours early. Yeah, you know so you've got drive time, setup time. Tear down time. Play play time is the fun time because yep. that's when you're you know that's when you're doing what you love to do exactly and then you expend all of that energy and mm-hmm. um then then you got to tear tear it all down, down load it all up and then you're exhausted and it's like oh okay now we got to drive home yep now we're driving home you know who wants to drive exactly and, you know there's not a lot of hands going up sometimes you know but that, uh, that's something I feel a lot of people um. When they're done going to the show, they go home and say, man, that band was awesome. And then they never think, well, they got a three-hour drive ahead of them, you know, yeah. or a two-hour drive ahead of them to even get home. Yep. Um, yeah, and if you're like, if you're in a touring band, you know, your next gig is seven, eight hours seven away. Hours away. Oh, you know, man. you're right on the road and doing it again. So, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, but that's, you know, and that's, that's the thing about being on stage at time when you're performing, you're on. It's like, I've, I, and I use that in whether it's acting or, you know, singing with um you know cabaret stuff and i've sang with big bands that's you know that's a lot mm-hmm. of fun where you get you know sing the old standards and and uh you know there's some great lyricists back in the 30s and 40s oh yeah people don't write like that anymore exactly and stuff you know and so you're doing that kind of stuff but you've got to be it's like somebody flips a switch and you've got to be on exactly and it's just exhausting you know and uh and some days it's all there and other days you're yeah a little off yeah you yeah. know it's like it, and then people will come up you know and, and you're thinking you're having just you know this really crappy ah, you know yeah man, i didn't hit that note or i didn't and people come up they don't notice that you know no. and, and that's the thing with theater too you know they hand you a script and you learn the script well in my case if they ever hand out scripts to the audience and you know this is what he's going to be saying you won't see me on stage yeah, exactly you know? Cause, yeah yeah cuz yeah. i mean it's not like they know exactly what's supposed to be happening yep. every single second so as long as you're on as long as you can be with the people you're with and kind of fluently pull it off together um, yep. it's just all about like the chemistry of the people you're around that's it you know and 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 if somebody sees and that's a cool thing you know with those groups it's you know especially with the band you know somebody sees you you Mm -hmm. know just having that off moment you Mm -hmm. know they can they'll pick that up for you or yep or they give you the get your shit together (laughs) that's uh I do. I do feel like most of the bands I'm in, everybody just kind of looks at you and like, you can go beat yourself up over this. Thanks, and you're like, all right, yeah, I'll definitely go beat myself up over this. Like, sorry, Arj. I was I was playing a gig one night, and you know, and and uh, this group of people walked in, and and uh, I was back on the drums, and I it was a tune I wasn't singing, and it was this rhythm, and 
and uh, this person picks up the tambourine that was laying right up on the front and couldn't keep time for nothing. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't care. I yep. just started following what they were, what she was doing, yep. and all of a sudden it's like, wait, I'm way off, you know? <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> and then everybody looks at you, it's like, what happened? It's uh, black dress. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, okay, okay, we'll cut you some slack, yep. you know, but... Yeah, it happens. It happens, it you does know. Happen. And it's like, you know, so and that's the other you know, if you if you play tunes a lot, you can get complacent with them. So that's exactly. what's good without you know, switching stuff out. It's like, okay, we've kinda rode that tune for a while, let's retire it. And, yep. And uh, what's something new or you know, and and uh I've kinda always took some shots at lyrics and stuff and written some stuff down and you'll mm-hmm. throw those out there and and you got guys that can put it all together, you know, musically and lyrical. And yeah. that's, man, that is a gift. That is a gift. There's definitely something to be said about that. Um, I, I just, I want to thank you. We're getting kind of close to filling an hour here. All right. And I just wanted to say thanks for, uh, I guess, your your positive attitude in the music scene has not gone unnoticed. Uh, definitely not by me. And I just want to say thanks for, uh, you know, first off agreeing to do the stockyard with me this last summer it gave, oh, it was a blast. gave me an opportunity to get to know you and uh play with some new musicians and expand my horizons a little bit so that that first off was uh it was a good window into getting to know you and and having the ability to uh do a podcast with you sit down with you kind of discuss uh your humble beginnings to your uh um precedented glories as as, <laughs> as of as, as an established musician in the community, but uh, I, I definitely think there is something to be said about um, all five of you guys in the Chris Carr band for what you do for the community. Every single one of you guys is very, very busy individuals. You're all very musically talented. Uh, every single one of you guys has always been nice. Every time I've ever seen you, I've, I've, I've never heard a bad word about any of you guys ever, uh, whether it's your playing ability or your personalities. You guys are all great people, and I, I'm just, I'm glad I'm. I'm glad I got to know you because uh, you're gonna I've, make me cry. Because <laughs> I've because I've been watching you guys play for so long. It's uh, it's just one of those things you watch people play so much. You're like, man, these guys are good. And then you start to get to know them. You're like, oh, these guys are actually nice too. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't always happen like that. So I just, yeah, you, you know, having dinked around with this for over 40 years, you you know you you run into people that you know it it is all about them. You know, it's I I was in a band a few years ago to where. You know, the lead guy, he'd show up when he wanted. You know, it was, mm-hmm. you know, and he'd, it was, uh, well, I'll get there when I get there because it's about me, and, you know, and stuff. And, and that, you know, that wears a little thin, you know, and to where, but then you find this group to where, well, I'm going to be here at such and such a time. Well, I can't make it to this time. Well, that's fine. Exactly. We've got you covered. And it's like, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, we'll be ready to go when you get here because everybody's got, you know, life oh, yeah. and a schedule, you know, and, and you get there and, you know, and you try to stay ahead of it. And, and I, uh, yeah, something has to be said about the, like the communication factor for that yeah. too. If you, everybody, if everybody's in constant communication with each other, it's kind of nice. But if you're supposed to start at X time and then an hour goes by and you still haven't even heard from some of the people, yeah. and you're like, where, where are these people even at? You know, yep. it, it does kind of, does kind of wear on you a little bit, but, uh, it's like you said, everybody's got a life, and it seems like everybody's lives is getting so busy these days. Oh, it's, yeah. It's you know, tough it's, to even find the time to have a band. And people overschedule themselves. It's like, you know, it's like, well, I can get this done in this amount of time. And 
and you know and so and it's and it's being able to you know make that decision it's like if you know if i can't give all of myself to a project it's like you know it's i can't you know it's i've tried to do in with the theater side i've tried to do two shows at one time yeah and both suffer yeah you know and so you're not and both people are like well you're not giving me your best and it's like well i can't you know you 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 can't be in two places at once. Exactly. I'm you know, so. just being in two bands at once. I'm finding it difficult with travel time alone. Oh, I mean, yeah. I spend enough hours behind a windshield that it's it's an embarrassment to even talk about publicly to anybody. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, and especially if you're not, because, you know, if you're driving to, you know, two and a half hours to yeah. one, and then coming back, you know, and it's that's yeah. five hours of time that... Yeah, just for one band. And yeah. If, if we don't get them both in one day, so... I mean, yeah. yeah, it is, it is kind of tough, but, uh, I mean, it, some, I don't know. Yeah. It definitely has to be said that you guys are some of the, the best people I've met, um, well, thank in, you. in, in the music scene around my area. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and get more of your guys' band in here to do this podcast. If, if we can find the time available for them. Yeah. And, the other four kept saying, no, no they were just like, no, we're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks again, man. I really appreciate oh, you, you sitting down with me and doing this podcast, everybody. This is uh, oh, I appreciate it. This is Jeff Blummel, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Episode four is in the bank. That was Jeff Blummel. I love that guy. He uh, he's always seems to be in a good mood. He's always kind of goofing around, and uh, yeah, there's not many people like him out there in the world. So if you see him at a show, go ahead and tell him hi. He's a great guy. I want to give a shout out here to all of the people that are listening from out of state. Uh, This podcast takes place mostly in the state of Iowa, but I do have quite a few listeners from the Omaha area, as well as some from Minneapolis and a couple from Chicago. I also want to say thanks to the international listeners. Uh, We ended up having some international listeners this last week, so if you guys are joining us again this week, thank you very much. Uh, For everybody that enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and listen to the other podcasts. I have a few more previous podcasts that I have recorded. For shows coming up this weekend, I've got a show uh, Saturday, October 13th at the Dark Mirror House. That's a house show. Three Finger Betty's playing. It's in Des Moines. If you want to come to the show, just go ahead and contact one of the people in the band. We will find a way to give you the address and get you to the show. Otherwise, the weekend after that, Friday, October 19th, Three Finger Betty has a show at Boggs Hole Avenue in Des Moines. That starts at 9. You can go to Three Finger Betty's Facebook page for more information. Thanks to everybody that has liked, subscribed, and shared our social media. We've had quite a bit of social media presence this last couple weeks due to people sharing our events, um, our podcasts, things like that. So... I just want to say thanks to everybody that has gone out of their way to share these podcasts, whether or not you're friends with the person I've done a podcast with, or you're just really interested in what's been going on. I'm hoping to get more podcasts recorded this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll keep going with one a week here. And just make sure you go ahead and like, subscribe, and share to all the social media. You can find it yourself, I'm sure, online. Just search for Audible Farm, and we will be there. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good weekend. Let me know if you go into any shows, and uh, we'll talk to you later.